Welcome to WTBU News Today, I'm Evan Jimenez. Boston has been warm lately with temperatures remaining in the mid to low 70s on Tuesday. Temperatures Wednesday are expected to reach a high of 72 degrees with the chance for precipitation later in the day. The rest of the week is looking similarly warm with rain expected in the midweek. Now we'll move on to the Boston University COVID-19 dashboard update. On November 9th, 11 members of the Boston University community tested positive for COVID-19. Eight of them were students and just three were employees. For the week of November 3rd to November 9th, 0.18% of tested students were deemed positive for the coronavirus, with 0.05% of tested faculty and 0.32% of tested staff also receiving positive test results. On average, BU's lab took just 16.4 hours to process each test. Overall, 48 students are currently in isolation, and 179 have recovered from the disease. Christina Melhorn is here now to report on the return of the Patriot League. The Patriot League, a sports conference that BU plays in, announced Monday that it plans to hold a condensed 2021 basketball season. BU's men's and women's basketball will begin on January 2nd. The Patriot League Council of Presidents has put in place a league-only men's and women's basketball schedule that will minimize travel and overnight stays, according to a statement on its website. In a normal year, each team would play every other opponent the same number of times. This year, teams will be separated into three miniature conferences based on location. BU's mini-conference will include Holy Cross, Colgate, and Army. Teams will play about half the typical number of games in their season, which includes four games against each team in the mini-conference and a few games outside of each team's region. Eight out of the ten conference teams will qualify for the Patriot League championships, which will begin March 6 and will last eight days. The men's team will open their season by playing away at Holy Cross, followed by all home games against Holy Cross once, Colgate twice, and Army twice. After the weekend at Lafayette, the men's team will play two more home games against Holy Cross and two away games at both Colgate and Army. The women's team will play opposite the men's, playing at home when they are away, and vice versa. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Christina Melhorn for WTBU News. Thank you, Christina. Joining us now is Amanda Schneider with a report on ice castles in New Hampshire. New Hampshire's famous ice castles will return this winter with a new design and established COVID-19 safety measures. The attraction, which is located in North Woodstock, will feature ice slides, caves, and light-up fountains, and plans to open in January 2021 at limited capacity. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, all guests will be required to wear face masks, and all tunnels and crawl spaces will be one way to limit exposure to other attendees. Among this year's new attractions will be a sledding hill and a quarter-mile-long light walk in the nearby forest to enforce social distancing. In Fairfield, Connecticut, I'm Amanda Schneider for WTBU News. Thanks, Amanda. Now we'll head over to Stephanie Joseph for a story on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments to decide whether or not to invalidate the entire Affordable Care Act Tuesday morning. The Trump administration and 18 Republican state officials brought the challenge to the court. 
They contend that the ACA should be done away with because Congress eliminated the mandated penalty or fee Americans would have to pay if they did not have insurance in 2017. Given this, some Republican state officials believe that the mandate has no legal support and the rest of the law should be expunged. Supporters of the ACA are concerned about its future, especially during the coronavirus pandemic when more Americans may need coverage. If the court decides to end the ACA, then tens of millions of Americans will lose coverage and access to other provisions, such as a parent's ability to keep their children on their plan until they are 26, and protection from discrimination by insurance companies based on pre-existing conditions. This is the third time that the ACA has been challenged in the Supreme Court during its 10 years of existence. In 2012, the Supreme Court upheld the mandate's constitutionality in a 5-4 decision because it fell within Congress's taxing power. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Stephanie Joseph for WTBU News. Thanks, Stephanie. Next, a story regarding some key resignations in the Department of Justice from May Claire Saban. Chief Elections Crimes Prosecutor within the Department of Justice, Richard Pilge, resigned on Monday to oppose Attorney General William Barr's decision to investigate allegations of voter fraud across the country. In a memo to colleagues, Barr authorized federal prosecutors to investigate the possibility of voter fraud. The the Attorney General has previously supported and investigated President Trump's claims of rigged elections. Senior officials warned Barr that breaking such a precedent now would undermine his credibility as Attorney General. Some Justice officials report Barr has been consumed with the prospect of voter fraud in the past weeks. The The Attorney General even requested the release of federal officers to polling stations prior to Election Day but ultimately decided against this course of action after advisors warned him it was against federal law to involve armed federal officials at polling stations. As of right now, Barr and his team have yet to find any evidence of voter fraud or irregularities. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm May Claire Sabin for WTBU News. Thank you, May Claire. Finally, an update from Gabriela Lopez about a Canadian man facing murder charges. A Canadian man facing counts of first-degree murder and attempted murder over an April 2018 attack in Toronto pleaded not guilty Tuesday. 28-year-old Alec Munechian drove a van into a crowded sidewalk, becoming the worst mass murder in the series' history. His lawyer, Boris Vitansky, said he will argue his client is not criminally responsible due to mental illness. A court which Minesian sought be assumed, the prosecution lawyer, Jose Callahan, detailed how each of the victims were struck from behind, saying one of those killed was dragged for about 150 meters. A key element of this trial is Minesian's association with the insular ideology, characterized by hatred towards women and sexual frustration. Eight of the ten people who died in the attack were women, and after his arrest, he told the officers he used his fan as a weapon to inspire more attacks. When asked about those skills, Minetian said he felt he had accomplished his mission. In Miami, Florida, I'm Gabriela Lopez for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune into our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Grace Ferguson, Alex Corey, Hannah Yoshinaga, and Stella Lawrence, I'm Evan Jimenez reporting from Boston, Massachusetts for WTBU News.